0: six with mr roger williams author of my favorite book the metamorphosis of prime intellect it is my favorite book i say it all the time because it's fucking true just like i say my name's tommy because my name is tommy buy the book it'll be in the description you know roger or don't buy it but you'll probably like it so buy it um real quick to tommy, listen to tommy <laughs> real quick um yeah I've, I've i was busy last week but uh I'm gonna talk with Don the Pleb um, because the way I'm screen, because I I love is he's the one that the first time I talked to him is the first time I had heard a really good microphone, and that's what led to me getting a new (laughs) microphone. And the way I screen record, because Zoom does a weird thing where it doesn't take up the whole screen, so I kind of got to, like, maximize it, but then the image gets pixelated, and I'm screen recording a pixelated image, so it's like a 1080p recording of... The whole thing It just gets... And Don's are always great, because it's like his takes up... His image will be the full screen, and then his guest will be superimposed at, like, 30% of the screen, and that's what I, that's what I want, because I'm always trying to improve. Not that you asked any of this, but... I am always trying to Oh, no, but to, it's interesting. It's I'm I, always, I am interested. Yeah, I, I'm always trying to improve. I mean, like, you know, around Christmas, right, I got the microphone. I put a black background up, and I kind of did some mm-hmm. shitty audio stuff. And I remember saying to you, because you were like, this is a big jump in quality. And I was like, I hope to make this same jump again. And you were like, you can. And sure enough, I would say I have made the jump again and now I'm happy with this. The audio is on point, but now I want that's, I think that's just the nature of this thing is I just want to always tick it up. Just keep, keep growing. Cause if I'm not, yeah. I'm not, if I'm not making improvements to me, that's like a fate worth.
1: I, worth I liked death. when you, when you first put up the, uh, the sound blocks and you were like, I, 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 I might've gone too far. Oh, dude, it was,
0: <laughs> it was early on. I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with it. I'm, <laughs> Dude, the first time I I actually was not comfortable sitting in there, you know, it's, I was, but now I'm used to it. Now I've, I've come to appreciate it and I think I'm used to it. It's not as like psychedelic anymore, but my parents came over on Wednesday and they both came in here and went, Oh my mom was standing in here she was like oh i don't like this and i was like oh it's it's haunting it's this is a cathedral it is a it is, this is a dark black mass cathedral in here but yeah
1: what well, was yeah you know, when i got my electric lawnmower the uh you know off, off the bitcoin fairy money I I s I i sprung for the uh totally electric rotary lawnmower and I've been mowing the yard my entire life, and it sounds like an explosion. You know, every you know hundredth of a second, and this thing just goes. You can hear the air being whisked around by the blades the blades tr- are, are traveling about twice the speed of a gas mowers and you can hear them cutting the grass. Whoa. You can, you can actually hear it going <laughs> as, as, as it's cutting the grass, you know, Whoa. it's like, and it's like, you get out there on Sunday morning. Cause, cause I mowed the yard this morning. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's like, and it's just like, and it's, it's completely Whoa. weird. And, and the, and the other thing is, is that, uh, Which I never suspected because the the electric weed eater was almost as powerful as a gas weed eater. You know, it was it was good enough, but I I, you you could tell it didn't last as long and it wasn't quite as good. The electric mower is better than a gas mower. Is you hit that thick clump of gas, of grass, that would just stall the gas mower out, and then you're dragging it back over to the concrete so you can try to start it again. You hear the electric mower go, and it's just like within a fraction of a second, the motor controller tells that there's more load, and it just pours energy back into into, into it, and it just, it doesn't slow down. Jesus. It's 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 nuts. Is I can mow the yard faster with that thing than I ever could with the gas mower. It's nuts. I, so,
0: <laughs> I've mowed a lawn. Perhaps this is this is like the the antithesis of like the American experience. I've mowed the lawn one time in my life. I did it once, and it was for my dad. And I think it was last summer. They were out of town, and he was like, "I want you to mow it when we're gone." I ended up. Because I, dude, I'm, I mean, I'm 30 years old. I still don't know how to tie a tie. I think I've told you this story. I had my, I had my cab driver, this Hispanic guy, probably in his fifties, barely spoke a word of English in Los Angeles. I had him pull the cab over and I paid him an extra 10 bucks to tie my tie as he dropped me off at a medical school interview (laughs) at a prestigious institution. He was like, no, no. And I was like, no, he's like, doctor and I was like hopefully and he was like smiling like okay and I was like (laughs) there's just some things where I think like it's I just don't to me it's just like that's unnecessary brain power I never learned to to mow the lawn and I remember our neighbor came over and did it because I guess our lawn was looking because my parents you know it's a nice little quaint neighborhood there's homeowners association this was last summer I'm telling you this story like it was decades ago this was less than 12 months ago and the neighbor came over and mowed the lawn and I guess it was more embarrassing because at one point I came out and was like what's up man and it wasn't even like it wasn't even like oh they're gone so I should I mowed the lawn for them because it's starting to look messy it was like there's a there's an able-bodied man home and he did. So my dad was like, "You gotta learn to mow the lawn." Point is, is I mowed it once. Gas, I liked it. It was a push, but yeah, it, I liked it. But man, I definitely saw in that moment, maybe like a twenty thirty minute job, I saw mm-hmm. in that experience. I was like, "Oh, I totally get," like the stereotype of like the the middle aged man obsessed with his lawn i was like this <laughs> i understand this like i i looked at it as a video game i was like oh yeah this is i can definitely see when you turned this into an art i
1: had that when when i first moved to mandeville i had a neighbor who would mow my Man, lawn if I, I if i took too long would you say mandyville Mandeville.
0: oh i the the neighborhood i lived in in, in college was called mandyville
1: yeah m-a-n-d-e-v-i-l-l-e it's oh. a suburb of new orleans uh, Keep going. But, the, uh, but I had a neighbor who, if he decided my grass got into it, he would just mow my all. He would just mow my front yard. Yeah, you know, just you know, and and I would like you know, just like don't worry about it. Just you know, it was just you're just keeping the you know standards up. It's, some people are like
0: that, dude. It's <laughs> I guess that's yeah, man. I mean, I I'm,
1: I'm like as long as there aren't coyotes prowling through it, I'm good.
0: That's, that's <laughs> dude. There's this. <laughs> There's this – I think the last time I regularly listened to Joe Rogan was like early 2016, maybe late 2015. But I vividly remember listening to him and he had on this one guy, I think his director, his name was Bobcat Goldthwait. And, yeah, neat guy. I think somewhat famous. I don't know anything. I just vaguely remember this. And I remember him talking about his his now – his deceased brother. And this was like a year after my brother died, so I'm, i kind of identified with it. This guy was in his like fifties, but he had a brother named Tommy, and I remember and uh and uh but his brother lived in like upstate New York and like really like ran with bikers was just like had this crazy <laughs> the antithesis of Bobcat Bobcat was I think he's a Jewish guy he's like this kind of well kept you know artistic sure. But, like, successful kind of guy and his brother Tommy in and out of jail, like, you know, and uh but the point is, is he went up to his house in, like, upstate New York. And he was like and Tommy used to have he had this house out in the middle of nowhere and he would he would grow corn. He had, you know, he had a clearing in the woods, just this like this, like circular clearing after like 100 miles of woods and he would grow corn but he didn't put it in rows or anything it was just this this mass of corn 360 degrees around his like little tiny like cabin in the woods and uh he was like i remember (laughs) i was like hey hey tommy like what's uh what's all this corn for he's like oh it's for the deer and he was like oh that's nice of you he goes oh no it's i shoot them when they're eating And he was like, he's like, you can only get one deer a year. He was like, nobody comes out here and checks. And he went, (laughs) so he went into his tiny little cabin in the woods. So Bobcat goes into his brother's bathroom, just a little tiny, you know, and he goes, he goes, why is the, why is the bathroom mirror cracked? It's a tiny little bathroom and there's a window. And he goes, oh, he goes, uh, he goes every morning when I'm taking a shit. And he's like, he's like, I roll a fatty and he looks in the corner and there's this <laughs> rifle and he goes and I put the rifle out the window while I'm shooting, smoking a blunt. Then <laughs> he goes, I saw a deer yesterday, so I blasted him. A deer. And he goes, I blasted him and it cracked the window. <laughs> and he was like, Tommy, you're a piece of art. He's a you're a piece of work <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what the point of that story was, but it was sure <laughs> always remember that. It, it, it was it, funny. It, That's, and, Tommy, <laughs> what's this corn for? It's for the deer, Bobby. It's for when I blast him. <laughs> It's just rolling a fat Well,
1: since I mentioned my lawn-mowing neighbor, he was a guy named Dave Miller. And he was a 12-year veteran of the Louisiana State Troopers. Oh, shit. And uh, having had, uh, you know, lived most of my, uh, once-I-left-home life in sketchy neighborhoods, uh, I I had had uh, run-ins with the police that were generally not like dangerous not like george floyd or anything but not pleasant either i mean <laughs> it's like i could tell that i was the enemy because i lived in this place and you know even though i was white it was it didn't matter um and uh so i kind of freaked out a bit when i found out that david been a cop and uh when he realized what my problem was, he reassured me. He said, "Oh no, no, no! You're like you you you're right. You have a point." He said, uh, and, "And this is a guy who is a 12 year veteran of the Louisiana State Troopers. He was a hero cop. He has a picture that he keeps of him and uh, one of his colleagues standing on the roof of a burning grain silo, rescuing the workers. Fuck. Bearing in mind that. Grain silos can explode. Uh, ex- or, yeah, they can. Yeah, uh, burning grain silos. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, and he and he told me, uh, yeah, if you meet a cop who has been on the job more than five years, then the odds are they are probably corrupt. He said it's a thankless job. It yeah. doesn't pay. It doesn't pay enough. Uh, it's very dangerous. And if you meet someone who has been in it for more than four or five years, they are almost certainly getting something out of it other than their paycheck. He was a rare exception because he is one of the most devout actual Christian people I've ever met.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and he believed that it was his duty to stay in the service and do what he could to improve the world Dude. and even he, he, he said his, his plan was to stay until he could retire at 20 and he didn't make it he had to leave after 12 years but uh, that was uh, that was the guy who mowed my yard <laughs> when he thought that I was taking a little too long to get around to it
0: <laughs> man, I, man I, I think about that yeah it's it is a thankless job man to be a police officer and it's I mean it's I mean there's definitely like I mean there's clearly like evidence of like corruption like I'm not I'm not a lawyer I can't say what is and what but I mean there are clearly I mean there are like video evidence of people of guys planting Mm -hmm. guns it's and uh, it's always very easy to say you know it's well it's a couple bad apples and it's like yeah most aren't but it is like it's you're not it's like the cops are just are just you and me you know it's you look at someone like delta force like mm-hmm. dale and it's like this is a guy that's the tip of the spear for the united States. you send him in to get bin laden you send it you know you call the cops when someone breaks in your house when nine eleven happens you call dale right and that's yeah those guys are different they operate on a different level and it's like but man like cops like they get a shitty salary. Well, someone like
1: Dale doesn't even get some a, a lot of the opportunities that cops do to just be like abusive to random people. They're not sure. even called into service unless there is some deep shit going on.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's so, it's, yeah, it's uh, but, yeah. But
1: you're a cop on the beat, and uh, you know, and and Dave, Dave did you know traffic service? He did. He was a state trooper, but he also did undercover, and. Uh, you know, he that that was one of the things I think that finally broke him in fact, was uh he spent about a year undercover and uh having to hang out with all these bikers and shit, drinking in bars and and, and it was just like totally against all of the grain of his personality because he was really by nature this very straight laced uh like like I said, I mean I've I've had reason to kind of uh suspect the Christianity of people who call themselves Christian, but not Dave. Mm-hmm. He was he, he walked the walk yeah um, and and that was I think what undid him in his job is that he just couldn't fake it anymore he couldn't continue it was, it was like he knew he was gonna lose himself yeah if he if he kept doing it um, but
0: uh, yeah it's anyway
1: that was that this, this is certainly not where we expected this episode to who cares, to go. Who, who cares? <laughs> I
0: was I was gonna say you know whenever I've worked a job I've always, you know, I've talked about before, living in New Hampshire, Arkansas, New Hampshire, Georgia, Maine, Georgia, now Maryland. Um, Depending on where I've lived, it's, I've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum on here. My political views change as I move into new areas. I'll go into a place super conservative, and then as I live there more, I'll through osmosis i'll be like oh no i get where you're coming from and then i'll slowly become liberal and then i'll move again and i'll be like who are these backwoods conservatars and then i'll be there for a couple of years and i'll be like oh it's it's an entirely different you can't like the same viewpoints and opinions that are that i guess arise naturally living in downtown san francisco are not the same of those that no. grow that come up living in the mountains of new hampshire point the point is really
1: the 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 funny thing about a place like san francisco or new orleans is that you have all of those things in the same place at the same time yeah uh because we have the super conservatives and we have the 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 really liberal types and it's like all living within a few miles of one another if not on top of one another Mm -hmm. and uh well, obviously it creates a lot of friction in the in the political landscape but uh it's it's really it's different you know you you think of you know you you go to certain places and you think well there's a prevailing uh political uh viewpoint now like i said i live in the suburb of mandeville which is uh If you've ever seen a map of the new orleans area new orleans is sandwiched between lake pontchartrain and the mississippi river um and i live on the other side of lake pontchartrain if you if you you look at it uh there is a bridge called the lake pontchartrain causeway that spans uh, lake Pontchartrain at its widest point. Typical Louisiana thing. Built it in the hardest possible place. So they built it five miles either direction, it would have been 10 miles shorter. But no, we built it right across the middle of the widest part of the lake. And I live on the other end of it from New Orleans and I commute across it every day to go to work. Um, but Mandeville is one of the reddest county uh size we we have parishes instead of counties, but if we had counties, Mandeville would be one of the reddest counties in the entire United States Jesus. it's 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 like it's totally it is blood red over yeah. here now you cross the bridge and go into New Orleans and it is one of the bluest, most democratic areas in the entire South. Mm-hmm. And it's like forty miles from here. Yeah. So, uh, it's it, it, yeah. So you have, but but one of the things that that I've, I've I I read an article about it many many years ago, and everything that I have seen has backed it up, is that for all our flaws in the South, for all of the evil shit that went down here, uh, one thing you don't have in the South is black people and white people not being able to coexist. Yeah. You don't have you don't have monolithic neighborhoods where you're taking your life in your hands if you're the wrong race and you go into this neighborhood. We simply don't have that. Uh and part of it is because going back to the era of slavery and everything is that everyone coexisted. The the servants and the masters all lived together and that continued to be the case after emancipation so uh there there have been a couple of really infamous race riots in the new orleans area but the thing is you don't have this thing like you do in other large cities where if you're not italian and you go in this neighborhood uh you're taking your life in your hands. If you're not black and you go in this neighborhood, you're taking your life in your hands. That's that's just simply not the way it works. We have people who live in million-dollar mansions and literally two blocks over are people who are on welfare and food stamps. Yeah, And, you know, that's just... The, the whole city is integrated that way because we've, you know... It may not have been for uh like good reasons, but the the haves and the haves not have nots here have always kind of lived among one another, and so we sort of learned how to do that without uh just erupting into violence over the very idea that this person who doesn't belong is in our neighborhood
0: <laughs> i was I was gonna say um i always I kind of like hope years down the road when this podcast is enormous I I always kind of just hope that things on this podcast are taken out of context because so like last week when I had on uh Don Albrecht, uh, you know army veteran FBI mm-hmm. veteran SWAT team and uh if we were talking about we were talking about you know suppression of free speech and how it begins as like a good thing you know people agree we all agree alex jones shouldn't be on there he was questioning sandy hook everyone's like yes of course but it that's how it it always always tiptoes to you spoke out against the state time to kill all your family it always that's where it goes Mm -hmm. so and i was saying when you when you when you make a word unsayable you give it power the analogy i use is this what is magic magic is a vocal incantation with a physical effect at a distance if we were to break it down into science that's what it is right you say something and it affects a change, right? So as opposed to me having to shoot yeah. a gun and a projectile goes and blows up the wall. If I, you know, ab- ad- abracadabra, I could make it. So, yeah,
1: that's one form of magic.
0: So yes, that's the logos. So, yeah. So I so my analogy is when you say when there's a word you can't say, for instance, you can call me cracker. That's no one gives a shit if you call me a a, a dirty white trash cracker, least of all me. I don't give a shit. I'm not even saying that you're allowed to say. No, I don't give a fuck. Because of that, if you say it to me, it has no effect on me. I don't care. You know, it's that's why I try to expose myself to things I don't like. If someone tried, you know, right after my brother died, if someone made a suicide joke, I would be really upset. I'd be like, don't they know what I've been through? But now I realize like, hey they're just because that's the thing that affects me well you know what can i make a 9 11 joke or a titanic joke well how do i not know someone else so it's by exposing myself to expose myself to all of it i develop immunities to it my rationale is is by making the n-word a word you cannot say you are giving the person who is going to say it you're not protecting a black individual you're giving ammunition to the racist individual so if he wants if he really wants he has that weapon and that weapon yeah. is a form of magic he can say it to you over the phone on the other side of the planet and it'll ruin your day you know you go home man this white guy called me today you know what he said to me he called me that is so my point is is you are giving power to the individual who it You're not protecting anybody. You're just giving power to the asshole. The point of that whole explanation. Yes. It's like you're refining the plutonium. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. You are giving the weapon to a bad guy. By using that analogy, and then, you know, and I finish it with saying, and even though that, I still never say it because I'm just—I'm not a hateful racist person. And Don agreed with me, but he was like, "Yeah, by having these topics that are verboten, you are only giving power to people who wish to use them for evil." And Don goes, "He goes, you know, I agree. I—I I would think that it started with you know, people saying that you are not allowed to say the N word." And I just laughed because I was like, "I hope someone clips that one year, one day, in 20 years, and it's like, <laughs> it's me." pale skin blue eyes dawn white guy with a crop top or the flat top military haircut and going it all started when they said we couldn't say the n-word and i'm like exactly it's like if someone just clips that and then i hope in that eventual cnn hit piece they also clip it with just you and me me nodding and you going you know we don't have a lot of disparities here because the masters and servants they live together so after the after the civil war we all got along and i'm like precisely and it's I just hope these little things are spliced out of context or it's just it's just me. Oh, they will be. Oh, I I know. I know. But the reason why I love that is because because information is so ubiquitous and anyone can access it; it's not behind a paywall. Yeah. You were forced to go and try to find the clip And then in the clip you find that it was taken out of context And that's how you gain new fans That being said I can't wait for the Clipped hit pieces of Dale being like I think you should shoot him in the face And I'm like I agree and it's like that was You know that you know It's but Point point is is Back to the politics thing real quick I have found Whenever I go some You know with the exception of just like Neo-Nazi racists or something whether it being a bouncer at the bar, whether it be working security at an apartment complex, mm-hmm. whether it be working at a liquor store last summer, I have always found that that when I go and work a job, these people that you normally... Oh, man, fuck the bouncers. They threw us out last night because my friend was... You know, he spilled his drink and they said we were too drunk. Or, man, they didn't let my girl in because she didn't have shoes or work at a liquor store. These assholes ID'd me, dude. Don't they know I look 30 When you go and work at these jobs, and you're working as a bouncer, and it's you and all your buddies, and it's night after night, and you're making minimum wage, shitty hours, and there's just drunk assholes, till finally where you're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with any of these assholes. If that guy threw up, you're too drunk. You got to go. And then you got your manager telling you, hey, if they get too drunk here, and they fall and hit their head, they're going to shut down the bar, and then you guys are all out of a summer job. So you're like, fuck it. If they're too drunk, kick them out. If they don't look like they're 21, check their ID. If you're at the liquor store, you're like, hey, dude, state law. I'm sorry, you have to show me your ID. That's not my rule. The point is, is whenever I've worked these jobs and I've become, I've gone into the hated groups, in time, I start to see where they're coming from. And I'm like, oh, they're not assholes. Like, when you deal with the volume of people coming into buy liquor or coming into a bar, you just develop a certain kind of calloused, a, a, a skin that you have to mm-hmm. use to affect them. So I say all of that to say, you know, I imagine if you and I were on the police force. That was pretty much what Dave said about being a cop, is is, is that you,
1: you form this thick skin and people just basically cease being real. They, they become caricatures. Well, what, and,
0: what I mean, it would be like if you and I were in a police chase and we pulled someone over, And You've got your wife. And let's say I get married and I have a kid on the way. And it's you and I. And instead of these podcasts, what if these conversations were just every Sunday you and I were on patrol together? We've become friends. I know now your family. You know my family. We know each other's backstories. And we see a guy who's acting fidgety and he won't put his hands on the dash. And we're like, hey, dude, you know, and we pull over people all day, every day. And everyone, you know, they stop the car, they turn it off and they go, my license registration, we say thank you. And then after 99 of those, we see some guy, who's in a beat up car and he's just he keeps you know and we're like dude just just turn the car off like this is all you have to do just turn the car off and he's kind of looking around and looking around and we're going is he reaching for a gun and i'm and we it's not just you and it's not just me and my partner anymore you're like this is tommy tommy's got his parents and his two brothers and he lost a sibling and this is roger roger still goes and sees movies with his dad and he writes and he and, and he's, he's he has a you know a, a collection of vacuum tubes and it's like we know each other right <laughs> To all of a sudden where you and I might look at this guy and go, man, it's him or us, and right now he's not listening to our rules, guns out, don't shoot, but hey, and he's going, and he's starting to reach around, and we're like, hey, motherfucker, you're now putting us in danger, I mean, I get where all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're fucking beating a guy and someone catches it on the camera and now your city's burning because it's like, Roger and Tommy, look at these two white cops and all anyone else sees is our mug shots like this. And you and I are like, no one saw that entire year long backstory of us. No one saw you and I helping an old woman out of a car like it's. Man, well, I think
1: that is the case sometimes. I mean, that was that was something that uh, you know, Dave, Dave Hero Cop Miller uh, himself said. But you know, then then you look at some people like Chauvin,
0: uh, Sh- who are just legitimate and, uh, assholes.
1: He's, he, the, the dude is fucking stone cold killer. I mean, exactly. he was like enjoying himself as he choked the life out of this guy exactly
0: you know, it's i mean i mean it's on film exactly no it, it, that's what i mean it's that's not <laughs> even an opinion there's there is film right or it's like that guy that shot the guy in the hallway a couple of years ago with his gun and it said you're fucked on the side like I yeah mean, i mean that's it's, a little, little right? bit over the top, but then you know? let's play devil's advocate so that happens and we go yeah that guy is an asshole and then you say you have people going, but then them.
1: you're right. There's 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 the, the situations there's where it's the, really just a nasty job, and, and sometimes the public. I mean, I de- I have to deal with random people that I don't want to deal with, just because I work in industry. It's not even like working in, realta- in retail. There's the people that I have to meet at random. At least are employed by somebody, so so somebody vetted them at some point and decided to pay them to deal with me. And a lot of times they are like holy fuck well it's like it's it's like what species are these guys because if, if
0: they're human and i'm human something is wrong it's, they're, they're just that's this is there's not- there's another out of context clip <laughs> how are we the same because i don't think we're the same i'm just saying you know i think intelligence and iqs are di- there's another just clip it's going to come in but the point is is like yeah so we well, do see these guys like a chauvin Where it's like, yeah, they need to be, these guys need to go to jail. But then you have these mobs that are like, get rid of all cops. And then it's just it's like you and me and we're the cops. and We're going wait. Do you know how many times we've been called and there actually was yeah. a guy who was threatening, you know, a young family or there's a young. No, woman I, who-
1: I, I do not want to live in a world that does not have well, cops that. That's what all. I that's,
0: mean. That's what that, I mean. And it's
1: that's going to be chaos of a completely different order of magnitude. Well,
0: what I mean is so now you have a Chauvin, <laughs> but then you have the Tommy and the Rogers who are just doing the beat. And now everyone hates us us and we're like dude we we've never done a bad thing in our life like I'm sorry that guy was an asshole but we do more good than you can imagine but it doesn't make the news because it's not sexy and we're getting paid 40 grand a year and now people are going fucking pigs and you know what at a certain point you and I go fuck these people you know what? Fuck well, them. We're making nothing. My wife cheated on me. Fuck it. Let's let the drug dealer go if he kicks us back an extra hundred a week. Yeah. I mean, no, I see uh, where it happens. In,
1: honestly, in honesty, it would help if our union didn't uh, solidly protect every one of us, even the bad ones, yes. when something went wrong. Yes. That's, that is That is a bad thing. Yes. And that is that is something that reflects badly on the good chops. That it's, the, it's... the police unions and the blue wall of silence yes. uh, stand up. To to you know uh, to shield anyone, even the ones that are clearly bad. Yes. And you know, the, at some point the uh, the Tommies and the Rogers have to say, "This is enough. We have to kick the Chauvins off mm-hmm. the force. We 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 have to make it clear that they are not us. We are not them. Yeah. They don't belong here." And you know, we, we we don't keep protecting them after they've you know, because this wasn't the first time Chauvin no. choked, choked the life out of somebody. Yeah, so, I mean it's... I, I mean this is a guy who got off on this. And you know, at, at some point you have to be able to say, um, this is Tommy and Roger here. Uh this dude is seriously fucked up and we don't want to be associated with him. Yeah. You 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 need to do something about him. And the the there's a big problem that uh in most police forces of any size in the u s uh, the the police union is completely unwilling to say, "No, this is a bad apple. we need to get him out of the barrel uh, so that's hopefully that is the thing that will hope that, that may start to change, yeah. With the, the Derek Chauvin prosecution because I think they they did a brilliant job mm-hmm. in the prosecution on that trial. That was like I have never seen anything like that in the prosecution of a cop. And uh, you know, it's like the the whole the whole structure of the trial process is supposed to be that it's to the advantage of the defense mm-hmm. to go second because they get to see what the prosecution is going to do. But in that case, the prosecution just like nailed shut all the doors and windows, blocked the vent. They 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 shut out everything. They they basically left the defense with no possible case mm-hmm. when when they took the floor, and it was almost embarrassing how poor the the, the defense was compared to the prosecution yeah. in in that case. Um, so and and
0: yeah. my, so. You have a Tommy and a Roger going, no, we can't be associated with this guy. You got at a certain point, you also have to look at, you know, it's not like you and I, it's not like this is an NFL team, right? And we're all making 30 million a year and one guy beats his wife and we go, you know what? He doesn't represent us. This is a bad apple. He's not a member of our, of our football team. Well, it's worth it. It That's worth it. You got a good gig going on again. What about when your back sore and you work 12 hours a day and you're making forty grand a year? How much of a fuck do you really give to go, I'm going to stand... And I'm just being devil's advocate. You're just on your 900th day of work with no break. And how much of you really is going to come in and go, today's the day I stand up and I say, we are not chauvin. Or how much of you just goes, clock in, I don't give a fuck, get in your car, I don't get... Like, I also get that. It's very easy for me to sit here doing what I love every day as happiness. I'm living the dream. I get to do whatever the fuck I want and I make money doing it. It's a cheat code talking to you. I mean, how much it's it's
1: that way for me in my job, too, because I, I thoroughly love doing what I do doing industrial control systems and the stuff that I create and the stuff that I get to play with. Yeah. uh, You know, so it's like, uh, if I didn't have to do it, uh, there's a part of me that we strongly motivated to do at least a lot of what I do for free just you know, because it's fun.
0: That's a, that's what I mean. So we have these things where we're kind of upbeat and we're we're not in the mode of like. But being a cop is a shit. Well, that's what I mean. How much of it is like I'm going to rock, you know. What if I come out against Chauvin? Is the rest of the police force, are they all going to shun me? Maybe it won't be publicly, yeah. so I can't... Are they going to shun me? Is that going to make my job more... You know, it's like when people come into the liquor store and be like, you know, I don't have my ID. Like, I am 40. Like, and I'm just saying, you guys should maybe go have take a stand with your boss and be like, hey, maybe we don't need an ID every... But it's like, dude, I'm making $7 an hour. It's 1 a.m. on a Friday. I don't give a fuck if you come in here or not. Have your... Like, they, there's no romantic you know what? Maybe we need a reform. No, if I'm on the good side of the boss, I don't have to work shitty hours anymore. Like I'm making $7 an hour. Am I going to deal with this whole bullshit or am I going to go, Hey, Arby's is paying $8 an hour Peace. (laughs) You know, it's, so you have these guys that are cops and at a certain point do they just go, I'm just going to go moonlight. Fuck all of you. I'm out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, we're, I think we're painting it a lot with romantic idyllicism that a lot of guys are just like, well, yeah. And, and, and also,
1: in. you have to you have to ask yourself if you're going to you know, end up having your partner shoot you and say in the last thing you hear is your partner saying, uh, dude, you should have just taken the should money. have shut
0: the fuck up. Yeah, you should have shut you the know, fuck up. It's like, yeah. Yeah, man, I don't.
1: Cop down. Perp shot him.
0: Yeah. It's, that's what I mean. It's like something. Yeah. How much of it is you're there and it's, dude, I mean, there were bouncers that used to throw people out just because they didn't like them and they'd be like, or, you know, their friend was trying to flirt with a girl, so they would just kick out the guy that was flirting with them. I mean, that was wrong, but am I going to go, hey, we shouldn't do that? Or am I like, hey, these guys give me a free ride to work and I know they have my back. If I shut the fuck up, I know that they have my back and that when someone does act up, these guys are going to come help me. It's a sticky, I don't think it's as simple as we're but most of all, I have no idea what it is oh. because I'm not a cop and everything I've said in the last 30 minutes is just horseshit conjecture as I'm wearing a fucking Pharaoh <laughs> hoodie and sweatpants. Like I am not the one to be speaking from my not ivory tower, but my my fucking foam palace of like, <laughs> like I do whatever I want. Like I wake up when I want. I play video games and listen to audio books like I don't I can't. I don't I I have to be aware that like I am slowly becoming like detached from reality. I'm becoming the thing I hate when it's like, oh, Joe Rogan is like he's worth a one hundred million dollars. He can't connect with the average person anymore. I'm not making near that much. I'm not making a thousandth of that, that. But man, my life is slowly becoming I get to do whatever I want. And I need to remember that, like, oh, I'm not dealing with alarms up, is crying, I got to go to fucking work. What, what, my, my partner's on trial? I don't give a fuck. I've got a blinding headache. My wife can't get health care. Why is the light red? I fucking hate this light. God damn it. I didn't sleep enough last night. <laughs> Jesus, it was easier when I was younger. God, I can't even fit into this uniform anymore. The last thing I'm thinking about is, today I make a stand. Now I'm going, when do I get off work so I can drown myself in Budweiser? like yeah. it's man i think it's it's and furthermore to show how romantic and detached you and i are at any point we can just end this conversation and we no longer have to entertain it we don't have to go back to work at the precinct we can just say and now let's talk about aliens and it's gone we can just brush it out the window yes, like which, it's, we're anyway,
1: so. which we're about to do anyway which we're
0: about to do anyway did you like my uh did you like my reading
1: Yes, I, I I really thought it was amusing because it was like you were doing me. It's like you were doing all of the things that I did when I for, you know first started doing this, and it was, was like fucking, yeah, okay, was yeah, this up. is this is funny. Uh, you know, but but no, you did well, Thank and you, uh, you uh, I mean, you, you you conveyed the earnestness of it. Uh, of course, of, of course, it, it helped that I I had read Cliff, mm-hmm. so. You know, when when we very you know a, a very first our very first uh, couple of encounters, you had given me a link to it, and so I read it, uh, and and so I found it uh, amusing that uh it's like when when you and Alan Bloom you know Howard. did that interview, you know, but,
0: Howard yeah, Bloom. You said i Alan. 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> just
1: ignore me. Uh, but uh no, so, so y'all came across like long lost brothers and you know, then then when you did when you did the reading it was like, Yes, I, I was gonna give him a version that I could you know point him to the robot and it's like he realized it was graphic
0: and yeah he couldn't yeah beat it to the robot yeah. so you decided to read it. And the, and the thing is like- is I can't find the word <laughs> file. I don't know where it is. It's been lost. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say this. I think you did as well as I ever did. <laughs> That's
0: just, you know, I was saving Cliff for I was going to read it with you one day. I was going to do a reading for you. But oh. like an idiot, the day before I had talked to Mr. Bloom and I emailed him that night. I was like, oh, I'll narrate it tomorrow. And it was like the next day came around and I was oh. like, I'm not going to like not be a man of my word. I told this guy that I was going to narrate it today. I got to do it today. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm just I'll yep. do it today. But um. <laughs>
1: But anyway, uh, before and before we start, we have one more reading in the passages cycle. Yeah, the very last. Yeah. I know. Before we start, I wanted to talk about the curators.
0: Okay.
1: Now uh, I am on record a few times as telling you I'm not going to read you the curators because it's two hundred thousand words. But I've been thinking about it because I realized that you're busy and you're probably never going to actually go to the trouble to optically read it. Uh, And I was thinking that uh, we did the first four passages stories, each all in one go, and they were all about 10,000 words. Now, the curators is about 100 episodes, but book one, which is self-contained and complete, is... 40 episodes it's 80,000 words and each each episode of the curators is about 2,000 words a few of them are longer but for the most part that was sort of my goal I mean and it's in the form of a serial so each segment each episode has a little hook to encourage you to you know, to to come back for the next one and i was thinking that if i did four at a time then uh, that would be about the same for each block as one of the first passages stories. And we would get through book one in about eight podcasts. I'm down. And that, that seems reasonable. Yeah. That, that, that would be something I would be willing to do if you're interested. It's, Absolutely it's, I am. And, and and because there's a lot of cool stuff in there honestly there's a lot of cool stuff i would really like to share with you i would really Fuck like yeah. to see what you think of it Fuck yeah. bounce it off of you Fuck uh yeah. so and yeah you know, and because the curators is in between you know mopi is uh so near future it is actually uh the accessible part of it is set in the past mm-hmm. it's you know it, it, the, the singularity occurred in 1988 yeah uh and the passages is very far in the future. Uh, even the most immediate passages stories are tens of thousands of years in the future, and Revelation passages literally a billion years in the future. Uh, but the curators starts in 2040, in the 2040s. So it, it is actually a little more accessible near future. It's just a completely different thing than anything you've seen me do. So I, I think it would be kind of cool. Absolutely. And besides which
0: And who cares, right. dude? Who maybe it takes two years to go through it all? I mean what what's the yeah. rush? Well, Where are if we going? We, if what are we, we doing? Do,
1: yeah. <laughs> well if we do it that way, it won't take that long. Uh if if, if we uh were to, if, if we do it like four episodes at a because the thing is, it took me two years to write it. And, and it took me two years to publish it on Reddit, but I was doing one 2000 word episode a week. So I think if we uh, block them together in, in you know, like uh, four episodes per reading, then we can do all four things. We can do the entire series in about six months. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there are breaks, you know, so, I, so like we could take a little breather between the books Uh, Which is actually what I did uh, when I was writing it. Uh, Plus, there there are changes uh, from book to book. Uh, Like in book one, uh, there are no names. One of one of the things I did is all of the characters have letters for names after the what I did in uh, Casino Odyssey because I was preserving privacy and I was trying to I was trying to get over this thing that happens a lot on Hfy. where you have the weird alien names things and people go, zoop, 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 you yeah. know, it's like random string of letters or whatever. It's like, fuck that. Let's call this guy X, yeah. you know, or, or, or Z Henry. or Henry. whatever, you know. Um, and uh in and in book two, I, I abandoned that. I, I gave everybody real names and and went in a slightly different tangent. So, uh but everyone has, uh, who has commented on it, Said they were real impressed with the world building. And I'm I'm really proud of that because especially when you see where it starts, it starts with nothing. It starts literally a dermatologist as an alien walk into a stall. Yeah, his yeah got like
0: blue skin and he's changing colors <laughs> and shit.
1: Yeah. And uh where it ended up you know, my wife is the one who said you need you need to write more about this universe. so you have more to say about this universe and boy was she right Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, Dude, uh,
0: well yeah I, so. yeah we can do as many as we want i mean my my logic is is like we're just on like a super long plane ride it's like the the destination <laughs> is like the podcast blowing up and me becoming a billionaire but yeah. We're just on this. Oh, rock. Did
1: you see Joe Rogan went anti-vax? He 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 went and said, "Well, if you're young and healthy, you don't need to bother getting the vaccine. I would I would advise you not to do it." And he caught a
0: yeah, truckload saw, yeah. of shit for that. Yeah, no, I I I, I saw that. Yeah, and it's uh, a
1: well-deserved
0: truckload of he, shit. He I said, would add. Yeah, he said he got yeah he got beat down for it, and it's uh for me more than anything my stance is not that I agree or disagree with them. I just think we should be able to talk about it. That's my, yes. that's my contention is everyone's like, Tommy, you're anti. I'm like, I am absolutely not. I am absolutely not anti-vax. I have all of my vaccines. Yeah. Thank you very much. I just yeah. think we should be able to talk about it. Cause when someone says you can't talk about something, that's when my no. spidey sense. I was struck
1: off. when you, you did just, I I, I went over to the other site and, and, and looked at your interview with the, uh, the other guy who I, you know, uh, Hodgkinson. Yes. Um, and, uh, I was, I was struck by how, you know, how thoroughly he had really been canceled. I mean, Oh yeah. Like, uh, all right. Uh, as, as much as I am in favor of saying, look, you need to get the fucking vaccine. Uh-huh. It's it's a, it's a it's a societal thing. It's yeah, not yeah. just about you. Yeah. Uh, on the other, you got uh, a dissenting viewpoint. Uh, that's not how you handle it.
0: It's it's well, one, it's it's kind of the antithesis of what our country is founded on. But two, that's not how you when you when you ban something like that, all you do is make it seem cool and you make it seem mm-hmm. esoteric and you go oh well what's the truth here well, well you're giving it power it's this it's, it's like, the magic you're giving it power so yeah. when you ban these episodes you don't you don't people go oh why was that banned Wow, he can have on cia and delta force guys but you know what the real esoteric shit is you know what the real the latin truth yeah. of the bible it's the vaccine it's i just to me that's all yes. it is you know roger if you said if You said, uh, we can do
1: the history, we can do the history of porn, but damn, that's we can't what I talk that, about. The V word,
0: <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I mean, man. It's, it's, you know, if I was like, uh, if I was like, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy, you know, it'd be like if it'd be like if you came home from work and to your wife, and you're like, all these guys came up to me and said that you were cheating on me, and you're like, I know they're not true, and I want to prove them wrong. Can you, like, can you just show me like your text because I know you didn't? And she's like, no, under no, and you're like, hey, I get privacy and all, but you're like, it's just, it's driving me crazy, and I just wanna, you know, this is my marriage, and I just like, I want to prove them wrong, and she's like, under no circumstances, and if you do try to look at it, I'll burn the house down. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, we literally share a bank yeah. account. Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen you naked more times than not. Like, what, what do you? To me, that's my concern. Is it's not the vac- it's not the fucking vaccine. It's not about the. The, the ethanol, the corn ethanol content of gasoline. I don't give a fuck. To me, when someone says you cannot talk about it and anyone that does talk yeah. about it is off the digital world, to me that just makes the hairs stand up. And I'm and like you're,
1: and you're, and you're getting penalized for the crime of giving these people a uh, a form. When you're giving them a form of what? How many listeners do you have? I mean it's like here
0: I'm not Joe Rogan. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean it's not yeah, you're not Joe Rogan yet.
0: To me, so, it's just uh, – it's, it's, if, if they're, it's, if they're it's, wrong, let their wrong thoughts yeah. be shot down in a free marketplace of ideas. Let it die mm-hmm. on, this, on the altar of public opinion. When you hide uh, it away I – mean- you just you that's what the out. founding
1: fathers intended. They had all those pamphleteers running around in France. They yeah. knew exactly what they were getting
0: into when they wrote the First Amendment. Yeah, so. that's why that's why we have body cams on police officers. So instead of just having yeah. to take your word for it, we can look at it and we go, oh, you know, if there's no body cam, how? who knows how many people have been like, you can't prosecute Chauvin. But now we see it and we're all like, oh, uh, OK, yeah, no, you got to go. That's the that's the free marketplace. You put it out there and it was shot down. It's when so when you go, you can't talk about this, dude, you just I'm sorry. Nothing is going to win me over less than me going, yeah, no, no. i just we're just talking about the vaccine. I'm just curious because you know, it, it. You know, I'm I'm just interested yeah. about it because I'm 30, I'm healthy, and they go no, and your channel's blocked. I'm like, well, now, now, even if my mom came to me with it, I would be like, just why can't I ask? Why can't I talk about it? Nothing is going to make me want something less than if someone says, under no circumstances can you talk about this. I, yeah, you are not winning me over that way roger don't don't right. look around roger don't look at your phone don't look at the emergency calls from your wife just trust me when i say put this tab on your tongue i know you've only known me for a year don't call the cops don't you dare call if you call the cops i'll shoot you in the head take this t- you're like tommy is it acid and i'm like don't talk to anyone just put the tab in your mouth now do it now roger and you're gonna be like dude tommy if you had come to me with acid i might have said sure let's have a good time but now you're creeping me out and i'm I'm, I'm covering your windows, and I throw your phone at the wall, and I cut your phone lines, and I'm like Roger Williams, you are going to take this tab, and you are going to take it now, and you're like, what is it? And I'm like, take it now. You're gonna be like, dude, it's like, oh fuck, it's the they live classes, and th- and then you t- and then it turns out that what what what, and then it turns out what it actually was is it was just a multivitamin, and you'd be like, dude, why didn't you just tell me it was a multivitamin? And I'd be like, because I really wanted you to take it. You'd be like, Tommy. I would have taken it, I would have, without a moment's hesitation, if you had said, hey, I got these new Centrum multivitamins, you go, oh, cool. That's mm-hmm. where I'm coming from, is so when people are like, no, don't get look at it, don't look over here, and I'm like, well, now, now, when someone's like, don't, you can't look at anything, just, just come over here, and I'm like, well, no, I don't, with the same hesitation, if a homeless guy came up to me with a syringe and was like, you want to see God, I'd be like, no, dude, I don't want whatever Not that they, much. <laughs> that, that's what I mean is that's my concern that's my concern that's all my concern is it's i you know, and so I'm not being won over, you know, Roger, let me pee real quick before we do this reading this uh all right, this podcast has gone in a hundred million directions <laughs> i don't know what the title of this is going to be uh Revelation Passage part Five What about Shalvin vaccine?
1: Well, we're going to do Revelation Passage 5, which is the culmination of the Revelation Passages series. This is, going to be the last re- this is going to be the last passage in the void reading that I will ever do for you because we've done them all.
0: Episode 446. Masters and Slaves by Roger Williams. <laughs> the reason the masses and the workers the, We all lived together. We, uh, we, we all, in all lived South. together. We was all friends. Along,
1: Brer Rabbit.
0: Now, and, now uh, Lord, <laughs> the law preordained us. Oh,
1: that's another one. It's like "Song of the South." You can't, you know. It's, it's, it's like, uh, Br'er, Br'er, you know, don't throw me in that bribe patch, Brer. You know, and, and and it's like, you know, no one can see that cartoon anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's like another generation. No one's gonna know what the fuck you're talking about when uh, you you say, uh, "Don't, don't throw me in that bribe patch." Yeah, it's, that, that's that, that's that's going to be lost. It's because it's 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 wrong thing.
0: It's you when know? you hide things, that's it just becomes all the more dangerous. Just get on the train. Where's the train going? Just just get on the train, Juden. He'd be uh, like, I just want to know where the train's going. This is it going. You are going to work. We are cleansing. Yes, we are work. cleansing. Work will that, make you free. Work will make you free. You want to be free? <laughs> we are cleansing. We are cleansing all of society. Asked Judenkind. He'd be like, Can I just? Where are the trains going? Get on your train now. Schnell. Okay, well, now I'm very concerned about getting on this train, Hans. Like, that's what I mean. Now, if you show me the train, you this go... This
1: is looking like a really bad idea. Yeah. Now, if you
0: show me the train, you go, oh, it goes to Brooklyn. There's a there's a badass uh, pizza place down there. Fuck yeah, let's get on the train. When you, when you don't look in... What's in those cars? Why, why does it smell like dead bodies? It's not the bodies. It's just, you know, train smell, you know, it's i'd be like well yes. hans this, no no thank you this looks an awful lot like a cattle this car. looks an awful lot like a cat where is everyone why is there <laughs> what is that why do you have barbed wire fences with gunning towers around the summer camp are you being honest with me hans yes you're this is the camp me? you know like, why are uh, you we why we, are you being we want to so make sure the kids are having fun so you're just go and say i feel back in. you look able-bodied you can lift you can move right dude yes Yes,
1: we have rockets to be made. We have rockets. Who doesn't like rockets,
0: huh? Come on. Uh, who's my little schnitzel? I got your nose. You know, it's that's, that's all I'm. I watched this video the other day of this. Uh, there's this, I don't know if there's like a name for it, but it's these, there's this cool kind of intersection of where the earliest videos and like audio uh, devices. When they were first kind of came to like commercial use, there are some in, there are some, you know, big brain thinkers that were like, the first thing we need to do is interview the oldest people alive so we can mm-hmm. get as far. So you have all these really cool interviews from like the 1920s of people in their 90s
1: who remember the Civil War. And it's shit. this, yes. Yeah, it's
0: this there's there's an actual photograph of a guy who was in he's like he was like one hundred and two when the photograph was taken. And it's like the earliest uh, camera. But it's a dude that was in the boat with Washington when they crossed the Delaware. There's a photograph of him, a photograph, not a painting. There's a, and there's an interview of this guy and the interview was in the 1930s, I think. And this dude was old as shit, but it's this dude talking about, uh, like growing up as a slave under, um, who was the, who's the, who is the supposed to be the president of the Confederacy? What was his name? Jefferson Davis. Yes. Yeah. Massa Davis. And that's how we talk about him. And it's this craziest thing because you're listening to it and he's got yeah. nothing but good. Things well, there was to a say. lot.
1: A lot of that was done as part of the New Deal uh, w- under FDR. And, the you know, that was that was one of the things they they did a lot of these uh, sociological projects yeah. uh, as, you know, as part of the New Deal. And and, uh, and so at that time, there were still a lot of old people yeah. around who were who were children at the time, but did remember the civil war. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so they got a lot of material because at that time they did have recording devices and they had film cameras. And, uh, so they collected a lot of material because they had a lot of funding because that was one of the things that, the you know, they, they, they poured money into to keep people working. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we got a lot of in- incredible background information from that.
0: Yeah, they're they're so, insane. Uh, there are some from like the 1910s of these old white dudes with big long beards. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's and there's one uh, picture. There's a picture of an old, I think, Union general being flown in an Army Air Forces aircraft after World War II. Over, I think Gettysburg and it's this dude in a in an aluminum fuselage pressurized plane looking down at Gettysburg from like 20,000 feet. And it's just like, <laughs> holy fuck. And it's that's what I didn't know that was part of the New Deal. though. That's insane.
1: Yeah, that, that was that was that, that was that was part of the uh, that whole all, all of that uh, public works stuff. Uh, there's a, a whole shitload of stuff at all at, at our zoo at Audubon Zoo that was built in, as as part of that and and now because uh, the standards have increased for how to keep animals what they've done is they built new and you know more modern enclosures for the animals at the zoo and they've taken those old enclosures from the 30s and repurposed them for human shit so they've they've got what used to be an aquarium is a big round building and now it's like an exhibit hall uh
0: now we just so- throw the inmates in there because those <laughs> yeah, standards so- <laughs> aren't up to tier yet we throw the inmates where we used to put the tigers no it's fine the humans are fine
1: yeah but 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 it's uh the you know basically they were throwing work at anyone
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, who could do anything that mm-hmm. might be useful and that, that was one of the things is they did these ethnographic background yeah. uh, things and it turned up because it was in time to catch a lot of the old people who remembered the civil war and reconstruction and they gathered a lot of information in in that time period that it probably would have been lost if it wasn't for the great depression and, and the new deal
0: yeah. Well, it's you know what it's very similar to? It's very similar to Prime Intellect, finding the oldest person. Who is the mm-hmm. person that needs help now? I wonder if we'll see another version of that with maybe something like Neuralink or any successors of Neuralink, where maybe it's like you could actually map people's memories. The first thing you would do is you'd find the oldest people, people who remembered I mean now, let's say you're 100 now, that means that you would have been like, what, seven during the Great Depression? Like, that's that, that's the new far back, right? So you'd have people yes. like, you know, I remember my grandma telling me about, she was like, I vaguely, she was like, I vaguely remember, like, Pearl Harbor. Like, I vaguely remember it being on the news. Like, my mom has told me she remembers, she's like, I remember my mom crying when JFK was killed, my mom was like, I was five, but like, I vaguely just remember like my mom crying or like I'm, I was 11. I remember my mom picking me up on nine 11 from school. Cause school was shut down early. It's like these early yeah. kind of, you know, and my grandma passed away three years ago, but up until then it was crazy. You could ask her, you'd be like, she'd be like, Oh yeah, no, I, I remember, you know, hearing about Pearl Harbor and it's just like, Holy shit. And I wonder if we'll have something like Neuralink, Maybe they can map, the exact memories for like VR recreation. I don't know. It's, I don't know. But, uh, most importantly, just remember that, uh, everything is good now because the masses and the slaves work together and they live together. And, uh, that, see, <laughs> well, if, at least in New Orleans. <laughs> see, if that doesn't get my podcast banned, but a vaccine episode does, don't tell me that you. Don't understand why people might go. Well, what's the vaccine episode about? Not this one. This one's fine, but that one has to go. Well, man, to me that's like a kid seeing you know parental advisory on a CD. I'm like, I want that one. I want the Eminem yeah. CD that's covered with prescription pills. Why can't I listen to Slim Shady? You know, and then you turn it on, it's put a you know put you know, nine inch nails through my eyelids. Hi kids, and it's like, yeah, it's when you hide Eminem. Yeah, that's the first thing I went to. My parents were like, You can play this Call of Duty World War Two game on your PlayStation Two, but you can't play Grand Theft Auto three. I'm like, I never even knew what Grand Theft Auto was until you just said those words. But now me and my brothers are gonna go to fucking Blockbuster and see if they have it. And uh yeah, we're gonna get it and we're gonna chop hooker's heads off with a katana because it's it's what we're not allowed to do. Yes. So So if this episode's fine, yes, massa, no sir. If this episode's fine, but don't you dare watch episode 411. I mean, dude, the little kid in you is going to go, well, what's episode 411? <laughs> and it's, "Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh that's the verbotin. Do you want to pull aside yeah. the veil? Do you want to come into the antechamber? Talk about the vaccine?" Yes. I'm going to go pee now. So you uh <laughs> so
1: you, you want to go you'll go pee. I'll uh, I'll, I'll let everyone know to get my book. My okay. Mom, so Rodney. uh Uh, As I always do in uh, Time It Takes a Bee Break, uh, I wrote The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, Roger Williams. And uh, if you would like a paper copy of it, uh, as uh, a lot of people have wanted, uh, I encourage you to go to lulu.com instead of Amazon. Uh, It will cost you the same because the contracts that make it possible for Amazon to carry it and for the other generic booksellers to carry it require everybody to charge the same list price but lulu is the publisher of origin and if you buy it from them uh they have to charge the same but they give me the rest of the money so if you buy it from amazon i get about about 50 if you buy it from lulu i get more like six dollars so uh just saying you know, it's a little less convenient, obviously. You can't do the one-click thing at all. Uh, but they do have very good customer service. They're very friendly to deal with, uh, and uh, I've never had a bad experience with them. Uh, and you know, if you do, let me know. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, that, that's the, uh, the spiel. Uh, now, if you want an ebook, book uh, if you want it on Kindle or any of the other formats, then Amazon is fine because for those things they are the publisher of origin and so it doesn't make a difference um for for that yeah uh, so it's only basically if you want a copy that you can read in the bathtub or whatever then you know i actually had a and tell me that's why they wanted a printed copy so anyway I think Tommy's bathroom is a little further from his office than mine.
0: Roger, why aren't you monologuing?
1: I've been monologuing.
0: I'll fucking fight you, dude.
1: I just I just finished. I'll I just finished my
0: monologue. You. I, was t- I will fight I just, you.
1: I just said I think your bathroom is probably a little further from your office than mine is.
0: No, it's about eight feet. Well, what took so long? I take my time. (laughs) Getting to the reading?
1: Okay. Yes, let's do the reading. (laughs) Yes, Okay. Yes, Massa. So, uh, Revelation Passage is the capstone of the Passages in the Void series. And it consists of five episodes that I wrote all at the same time. Within the five episodes are six parts um, that don't exactly align with the episode edges because I broke them up uh, to make what I thought would be a little better publication schedule type of thing. And of course, all that went to shit because some asswipe at Corrosion wrote a voting bot to prevent me from posting it there. So uh, I ended up putting it on my own website instead. Uh, But this is uh, episode five the fifth of the five revelation passage episodes and i don't remember, know if you remember but we started revelation passage with part two mm-hmm. so this is part one and the reason it's part one is that all of the other stories the other four story you know the other four episodes of revelation passage have been set about 1.2 billion times years in the future uh, when a couple of different spaceships made it from the Milky Way to uh, some galaxy about 20 million light years from here this story is set 500 million years in the future 700 million years in the past from the stories in episodes 1 through 4 so uh, it's set 200 million years after the Paleobringer departed the bad guy who creeped you out so much no, yeah. from episode 4 okay so uh, but this is in the milky way in a galaxy in uh, in a world of, uh, of about 30,000 light years from earth revelation 5 the queen of the galaxy part one. The transition from mech to bio isn't usually very startling. I woke up on a hard slab, mainly because the nanomachinery preferred to operate in a clean environment. But I was warm and comfortable. I sat up, swung my legs over the edge of the platform, and found a mirror waiting for me so I could examine my new body. It wasn't what I would tend to wear. My skin was darker, my features a bit sharper, But the changes were expected and I found the result pleasing. Being newly bio though, I was a bit startled at my own clarity of thought. Being bio usually means feeling a bit muddled, but my mission required something a bit different. My brain wasn't biological. It was a diamondoid supercomputer running a very perfect simulation of a brain. It could perfectly express love and lust, pain and wonder. But unlike a normal brain, it could also hold most of my memories. I passed into a, the antechamber and found clothing. It was very fine and showed evidence of having been assembled by human labor rather than automation. I savored the sensations that slid over my skin. When you're a mech, there's a tendency to tune out or not bother simulating such distractions. The uncontrollable richness of sensation is one reason people drop into bio from neck. It's a thing that probably could be simulated, but when you have perfect control, it seems kind of ridiculous, a waste of processing power. There was another mirror and I passed into the entryway. There was a steel door with a prominent sign. I laughed when I saw this because it was very likely to be the only human being who would ever pass and see this device and so it was comically redundant. Leaving Minervan zone. Beyond this point, social and technological restrictions of the human empire are enforced. Re-entry may be denied. Bringing prohibited Minervan artifacts beyond this point may be punishable according to human laws. I smiled at this because one of those bits of forbidden Minervan technology would be my brain. The accommodation had already been worked out, though, and all parties had agreed on it. I would be a poor representative of my culture if I could not bring my memories with me. I went through the door. Beyond, it was a long corridor. The Palio's have a strict two-tier social structure. They have only one mech personality, the original bringer, who my people know was originally human and named Tom. And their humans never become mech. They generally live less than three hundred standard years in a single linear instance at the end of which they die permanently, although the paleo human mech really run their worlds, they have an elaborate system for the fulfilment of human social needs, which includes a royalty which theoretically represents the people to their machines and While the oldest paleo human worlds such as Tristan had been overrun in the war, a very few old worlds survived. Loki, where I had been awakened, is the oldest, and therefore its human royalty are technically the ruling monarchs of the paleo-human sphere of influence. Ending the war had taken a quarter of a billion years. Although it had been proven that faster-than-light communication was possible over interstellar distances, it was hard to maintain such lines in an environment of constant sabotage and attack the galaxy is a hundred thousand light years across and reaching a consensus seemed almost impossible had we not gotten the news from Andromeda that they had linked their galaxy together peacefully we might never have managed it the mech had made their peace but the Palio's had asked the Minervans to place a Minervan human in the Paleo royal line to cement our agreement for their humans. And so that was my mission. I would live and die as a Paleo to demonstrate Minervan tolerance for their ideals. At the far end of the corridor, there was another door with a comical sign warning that I was about to enter the sphere of Paleo human influence. I passed through and before me stood Crown Prince alex of loki he bowed slightly and i returned the gesture you're quite beautiful he said and i could tell it wasn't just protocol the Minervan mech had been as discreet as possible but they had gathered every bit of data possible about the prince's sexual preferences and fantasies and they had designed my body to conform as closely as possible to what he might want For my part, I also felt a pang of lust when I felt my eyes fell on the prince, and I knew that was because my makers had edited my sexual preferences to make sure I would find him appealing. Oddly, it is exactly the sort of meddling that the seem to find most distasteful about our lifestyle, yet it seems silly to argue with the convenience. If the purpose of my remaining life was to basically bear children for this man, why shouldn't I be programmed to enjoy it? And you quite handsome, Prince Alex, I said. I think we might make a good couple. He looked puzzled. I'm surprised, Princess. I was told that your brain is a diamond. I expected something more mechanical. He nodded. You seem quite human. I am human. My brain is diamondoid, but my people are very skilled at making such a thing do what your natural brain does. My brain is capable of love, loyalty, and lust. I glanced significantly at his crotch. And I think I'm going to enjoy this duty. He laughed sharply. And humor, I see. I just nodded. He gestured. There was another long corridor. We walked together. My life is public. I assume you know all about me, the prince said, and I nodded, yet I know nothing about you. Given that we are to marry this day, could you enlighten me? Once upon a time, I said, there was a girl 10 years old and afflicted with a withering disease. This was about 300 million years ago. Her body was aging at more than 10 times the normal rate, She had heart disease and arthritis, and in those days, the bringers could not cure her affliction. But she lived on a Minervan world, and the first new experiments were being done in the direction that had produced bringer Tom so many millions of years earlier. The little girl learned of this and insisted that she would rather face the microtome and simulation than the ruin that was her natural body. Because it was a Minervan world, she got her wish. As far as we know, she, I was the second person ever successfully digitized after bringer Tom himself. You're 300 million years old, he whistled softly. For someone like me, age is a little complicated. I have lived many lifetimes, some in parallel, and sometimes I've slept in perfect stasis for the aeon of an interstellar journey. As a mech, I can be copied, and if two instances of me meet, we can share memories or rejoin although my memory is much larger than a normal humans I've still forgotten most of the details of my life my mental processes are the same as yours but you could rejoin your sisters the prince said I shook my head not now in this instance I will live and die as one of you that is my commitment to your people You won't really die if there are so many other copies of you out there. How many of those copies will be your wife, Crown Prince Alex? How many will be the first queen of a galaxy united after aeons of war? And it's worth it to you to accept permanent death to be my wife? I've died many times. But it's the one thing my vast memory does not include because the instances of me that died could not share such a memory with those of me that lived. My sisters will be jealous of this instance because none of them can ever share it. They will be proud but wistful. This will be my life, mine. I gripped his hand hard. That is one thing my culture cannot provide. I like your passion, the prince said. And I almost shot back. We knew you would, but I bit my lip instead. (laughs) Before we could be married, we had a duty to perform. And we reached the end of the corridor, ran to stairs that reached a dais. And beyond the dais were between 162,000 and 168,000 people. It was hard for me to form a better estimate because the fringes of the crowd were barely visible. To our side, a loud, amplified voice said, "'She is here!' and the crowd roared. I stepped up on the dais and for a brief instant a laser scanner flashed the message zone of voice amplification on my retina. The older man who had said she is here gestured toward my future husband and said, Crown Prince Alex. The crowd roared. Alex took up the announcer's position. Citizens of Loki and of the galaxy, Princess Anne of Minerva. I stepped forward and the crowd roared. I bowed appreciatively. Citizens of Loki and of the galaxy, I come to you as a representative of the Minervan Confederation. Today we are prepared to ratify the Paleo-Minervan Accord agreed upon by our bringer caretakers. I have come to marry your prince so that our royal lines might be joined for an aeon in peace and harmony. I didn't bother to mention that I pretty much was the Minervan royal line, such a thing having not previously existed. The crowd predictably roared. Then Alex and I took turns reading the articles of the agreement. I started one all humans on all human worlds, both paleo human and Minervan, have the right to know that machine uploading is possible and to request machine uploading at will. I wouldn't exactly say crickets chirping, but the applause was subdued. Alex up. Two humans cannot be forced to upload even when biological death is inevitable the right to experience a single natural lifetime shall not be infringed just because the technology exists to do otherwise much louder applause though not quite roaring my turn up three human worlds may elect by popular majority vote of their human population to expel those who choose to upload. More enthusiastic applause. This is a basic point for this conservative society. We didn't bother to include in the text that we didn't mind putting it in because for an uploaded human, the journey to another star is barely more than a nuisance. Alex up. Four, uploaded humans can be downloaded back to biological form only on worlds which permit uploading. The crowd was politely enthusiastic since they were about to overwhelmingly vote to ban uploading, it didn't concern them. Of course, my presence was technically a violation of this article, but it was another accommodation like that which permitted my diamondoid brain. My turn. Five, humans will only reproduce biologically never when uploaded polite applause it probably never even occurred to them just how weird that can get that clause had been the last sticking point on the Minervan end of the negotiations there are many on our side who felt it was unnecessarily limiting but including the clause was preferable to genocidally exterminating the Palios. it was the one real concession the Minervans made Alex six biological humans will not be allowed to ruinously overpopulate their ecosystems the crowd approved this was a core point of their philosophy and I knew it had been the first point of agreement between the negotiators I finished it up seven biological human evolution will be constrained to forms which could interbreed with our original ancestors on earth at the time of the extinction at Reykjavik and at this the crowd really did roar I think this more than anything drove the paleo human resistance that there would end up being multiple and branching and incompatible species all considering themselves human that such Incompatibility could easily be fixed in the digital realm was something they didn't quite get. But the reverse was also true. We were willing to put such clauses in the agreement because we knew what was possible for a natural human who chose to become mech. It wasn't really much of a limitation for us. Loki was a starless world. So the atmosphere was usually quite cloudy to form an insulating barrier between the geothermal taps and the cold of space this being a special occasion though the clouds had been thinning over the crowd since before we began speaking as we finished our presentation and prepared to ratify the agreement the first stars began to come out finally the prince produced the ceremonial knife and each of us made a shallow cut in our right wrist and we pressed the cuts together to mingle our blood with this act we ratified the paleo minerva accord And at that point, the galaxy ship that had brought my personality to Loki turned on its engines. For the first time since it had been ejected from its stellar system, Loki knew daylight, at least over an area of a few hundred square kilometers. Orbiting just below geosynchronous orbit, the galaxy ship had oriented its collector array to reflect the brilliance of its engine radiation. From the surface, within the focus zone centered on our ceremony, it made a very passable imitation of a star. The crowd gasped and gaped. Fortunately, the galaxy ship wasn't radiating too much in the ultraviolet, so nobody was likely to go blind from staring at it. So is this daylight? Prince Alex asked softly. I could have pointed out half a dozen flaws. The quote, sun, unquote, had a little black dot in the middle, no sunspots, a distinct radial structure, and totally wrong spectrum outside the visible. But then again, people who did not have diamondoid retinas would probably not notice such things. So I said, yes. Prince Alex then pointed and said, what is that color phenomenon? The clouds had cleared, but Loki's upper atmosphere was still full of water, and the droplets were making themselves known. A rainbow. You don't normally see them because your daylights are diffuse. You need a point source. Look, there's a second set. It's reversed. See, the blue is outside. What causes these? Well, the boring explanation involves refraction of light and water droplets, but some say the rainbow is a promise by those who guard us not to destroy the world again. The prince stared up at the sky for a long moment. This is a good sign, then, that our guardians have sent... Many worlds have been destroyed in the course of this war. Is this their promise that no such things will ever happen again? Oh, I knew it was more complicated than that, but it was easiest to say, I think so. A tenth of the day later, we were married. This is the final instance of passages in the void. 2002 through 2007 by local Roger, New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: Beautiful Roger. I feel like that's exactly how it would play out. Like we are going to come to a crossroads where there's going to be a whole. Do you upload or not? And there are going. There's eventually there's going to be some fucking historical moment like the Magna Carta or the Declaration of Independence, and there's Mm going to be a thing. I think that was a beautiful illustration of it.
1: Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I had to kind of talk myself into doing the time scales. Uh, but I, I realized that things would probably become very static uh, in both of these societies. Uh, and uh, with both of them keeping evolution from proceeding so that, you know, because I mean, yeah, remember 500 million years ago, Earth was having a Cambrian explosion, inventing multicellular life, much less us. Uh, So the idea that uh, recognizable humans will still be around half a billion years in the future uh, at first sounded a little wacky even to me. But then I started to realize that uh, you're going to have a thing where medical procedures and the intervention of the machines would probably cause the, the genome to focus in on uh, a relatively narrow scope. And uh, so you wouldn't have a lot of variance. You wouldn't have a lot of evolution going on. Uh, or if you did, it would be in a direction like, uh, well, you know, we're, we're headed to a space where humans won't be able to reproduce without medical technology to do C-sections. Because so many human females now uh, can't safely give childbirth without having a C-section. And, uh, but they are still genetically the same. They, they can, you know, uh, so anyway, it's one of those things I, so, I sort of uh, hand-waved a thing that I didn't completely believe in myself that uh recognizable humans could still be around after half a billion years of continuous you know breeding without you know cold sleep or something Mm -hmm. Uh, but given that uh you know that was the story and you know passages was always about long long time spans um and uh Having kind
0: of a bit of fun with that, I fucking loved it, man. (laughs) I did, and I I, and I do think that that's gonna that's what it's gonna be. There's gonna be some weird bifurcation between like augmented, and then the whole argument's gonna come up is where does augmentation begin? You know, if you get LASIK is that augmentation? Well, no, it's because you know it was a change to okay. What about a pacemaker? About Neuralink? What about a, a stint what about you know uh, an insulin pump yeah it's it's what about a titanium leg what about a you know uh, a synthetic hip and it's gonna you know it's like when did this when did the golden gate bridge cease to be the original golden gate bridge because almost every piece in it has been replaced hmm. now due to uh, the caustic erosion of the sea water and the salt water air at what point Yeah. at what point is it gonna be that's a, a a humanoid hybrid? Where are we gonna draw the line? And uh yeah. I can't wait for the social media shit show of a bunch of <laughs> back when I was growing up, humans were humans and it's you know <laughs> just a bunch of horse shit.
1: Yeah, and, and that's almost kinda what happens with the 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 Palios and the Minervans. It's, uh <laughs> And, and I guess there's part of me that was actually looking at the stuff that we're doing here and sort of mirroring it, only on like uh, three orders of magnitude bigger.
0: So. You, you know what? What's good? It's kind of great. Is, and I'm I'm pretty retarded with this shit, but from what I understand, deep fakes are, I guess, in like the dumbest ways. Like the more data you can input the more realistic they are Mm -hmm. so i mean i've done 446 episodes there's a lot of data of my facial expressions and my tones and different lighting man how long until until you do an episode with me and it's not me and you have no idea and then i come in the episode after that and i go right back to it and you never knew there was an ai <laughs> that's gonna be weird, man. Yeah,
1: well, uh, I think I don't think they can do deep fakes in real time yet, but that's just coming. That's that's that, that's no, just a matter the, of processing power. Yep.
0: I mean, the original uh, deep fakes were just Photoshop, and then they turned it to video. And the next thing is, it's just gonna yeah. be, yeah. I mean, or you could do a solo rant deep fake.
1: Yeah, I, I've actually done enough time with you. I mean, because the the background is always pretty much the same. Yeah. So uh, I've probably given them enough data, so somebody could actually probably do a deep fake of an interview between the two of us.
0: Absolutely. Where
1: each of us is doing exactly the opposite of what the real us actually believes.
0: Exactly. They could they could have conservative pro Trump Roger, and they could have liberal Tommy. And we could just be arguing yeah. these viewpoints. Or,
1: and, I can, and, and, and I knew people who would think that would be a fucking hilarious joke,
0: just. Or it would be like, <laughs> yeah, I could have Dale on here, arguing for like the confiscation of guns, and the limit of like, yeah. the and the shutdown of the military. And I could have you on here, talking about I don't know. You and I talk about enough bullshit. I think any of it's believable. <laughs> it's yeah, but I, I've thought no, about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, so I was talking about calibers and rounds and all the, you know, and, yeah, you don't have me actually holding a gun. But, yeah, uh, but that,
0: that's that would, that would be the easiest part. We could we could do that. Um, that would be the easiest part. Put a fake gun in your hand. I do have you holding a vacuum tube. I could just replace that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, I've always wondered that. We know the, or the
1: background.
0: Yeah. Well you yeah. know the the military is always like twenty years ahead with all sorts of technology, whether it's propellants or armors or, or communications, you gotta think why wouldn't they be twenty years ahead with some sort of deep fake? I mean, there could be real political yeah. power and you know, there was a lot of concern when Reagan was uh when the assassination attempt, or I believe when uh was it H. W. Bush maybe was had, had heart surgery or there are these weird times, or maybe it was George W. Bush and Dick Cheney took over, but there were these weird questionable times. Yeah, where I, think the, it was,
1: I think it was W. that you're thinking about yeah, you yeah, know, when or, Cheney took over. Yeah, yeah, there
0: were these weird shifts in power, and, um, and uh, they would keep and, them Yeah,
1: when, Ra- when Reagan was shot, there was actually some uh, heated discussion about, about who, was who was actually was in, char- in, char- you know, in charge. Oh yeah.
0: oh, yeah, no, there was this whole questioning about what happened and um more than anything they realized the i don't
1: remember who it was but i remember you know, seeing a quote that somebody told somebody yeah I'm, you better go back and read your constitution buddy yeah
0: yeah yeah because one guy was like <laughs> i'm in charge now and they're like what the f-? but it wasn't even like it wasn't even his vp it was some like hw was no it was you yeah,
1: it, it was, was, like some, it was two some levels ca- down. yeah
0: and it was like dude maybe in the line of succession you are but it's like hw bush is right here he's fine yeah Right, was HW his VP? Yes. He was okay.
1: HW uh, was Reagan's VP. Okay.
0: Okay. But well, so but the point is is uh, but they I think it was the Joint Chiefs of Staff or maybe someone in the intelligence community. They realized the importance of um yeah, I think I got a bug bite. It was um they had to keep that stuff hyper classified. Because they didn't want there to be a window where our enemies would know that technically we were kind of up in the air. Because that's all it takes. I mean, it takes four minutes from a submarine-launched mm-hmm. ballistic missile to go from the Atlantic Ocean to D.C. It's not a lot of time. Yeah, you got to think. What if? What if? What if Trump like? What if he actually like went down and out with COVID? What if he was out for like two weeks? What if Biden? What if Biden fucking you know? had a stroke or what if Obama had an aneurysm what if we had these things where it was like in time sure yeah we've got the line of succession we've got we got it all figured out but in those brief moments do you want China or Iran going is Trump down with COVID you gotta think that they've got they're gonna fucking use their supercomputer to create Mm -hmm. a fake Trump or a fake Biden coming out and going had a slip and fall but we're all good that's what America's about isn't it wouldn't that have tactical advantage at, on par with weapons or submarines or guns?
1: They would have to also inject it into our network somehow in a believable way. I think uh, current level of technology, that would be very difficult.
0: But it kind of hides itself. Who wants to be the person saying, I think that's a deep fake of the president. Like, uh-huh. All right, dude. Fucking psychopath. Yeah.
1: Well, and also, if you, if you if you somehow hijack a major network like CNN um, and manage to uh, create a fake newscast, then the real newscasters are going to know that they didn't make it.
0: Well, well you wouldn't. You, so you only have a few minutes there. You wouldn't do a you um, wouldn't do a press. You wouldn't do a, a briefing. You would do a release from the White House is what you would do. Yeah. You do. You would just upload a video to YouTube. You wouldn't. You, no, you'd have to keep the number. Yeah, of you, it, parts. Would, it
1: would be tricky. Now, it's I, I think it, it's a marginal space. Now, actually, it would have been easier to fake a Twitter feed from Twitter. Sure. Oh,
0: excuse me. No, ab- oh, absolutely, uh, <laughs> absolutely. If you, if you, yeah, absolutely. Just characters. Uh,
1: yeah. That, well, and and uh, e- even if there was an attached video, uh, that would be much easier than. Uh, injecting anything into the the news services, but that was one of the things about the way Trump was using social media that bugged some people is that there was no security at all on it. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh, so so yeah, the the possibility of of someone taking Trump out and then if they knew that he was about to be taken out using the opportunity to then step in and become him on social media.
0: Mm-hmm. For, that, uh, for that small window of time.
1: Could have been very powerful Absolutely. for a small window of time. Absolutely. Uh, and and that's one of the reasons that I think the, uh, the security people were just freaked out that he was doing this mm-hmm. because, you know, Uh, He was bypassing all of the protocols Yeah, And those protocols exist For a reason And that's one of the reasons Is to make sure that if you're getting Information from the president It's really the president that you're getting it from
0: You'd be Proud of my ingenuity When I was first making designs like this I was so like proud of them And they took so much time But I didn't know how to copyright them And I was like I don't So what I did was i looked up and i realized that all of like the presidential social media accounts all go to like the library of congress they're like Mm -hmm. there are copies printed out and stuff because it's all part of its official like it's a i guess official communications of the president right just like letterhead from like fdr or something so those things all exist in a sort of uh Frozen state that can't be manipulated because it's u s it's a story it's I guess u s history, which got me thinking that all replies to the president's Twitter are also part of it, so what I would do is something completely had nothing to do with politics, I would just post a thumbnail of my image to one of Trump's tweets and I would just say. <laughs> tommy kerrigan original artwork august 5th 2018 <laughs> i was just like i'll use the security of the united states that will be yeah. my copyright
1: i will actually say that uh when valparaiso approached me about optioning the movie rights to to Mopi, one of the things is that we actually had to have uh a copyright know we we, we, you know in in order for the paperwork to be complete Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we you know i had to have it copyrighted and registered with the library of congress and elaine took care of that and she she said she got uh in touch with them and uh they were very helpful she said that uh, she got in touch with the person there the, when she uh, explained what we were trying to do, they they basically guided her through the process, uh, you know, told her what the requirements were, uh, what what had to be provided, and all, and uh, you know, basically made it very painless uh, in order to get. So the Metamorphosis of Prime and now has a valid U.S. copyright as well as an ISBN. Oh, yeah! So. You know, that was uh, – because it's one of the things without – you know, Hollywood can't do their paperwork unless they have that. So um, that was one of the interesting things that, that happened with the, the whole process there.
0: Question. If I become president one day, can we continue to do podcasts? Would that be, would that be frowned upon? Would it be the equivalent of I sus- like? A-
1: I, sus- I suspect that there would have to be a uh, uh, a controlled communication channel. We probably wouldn't be allowed to do it over Zoom, and right. there might need to be a Secret Service presence at this end, uh, just to make sure that uh, nothing untoward was going on. But obviously, presidents do have interactions with people, you know, who, who are not physically in the room, and
0: that would be that would be such an interesting man. It would be.
1: But I'm going to be your vice president. That's anyway, very true. So. That's very <laughs> true.
0: It would just be you and I at the Oval Office. I'd be, yeah, so, I'd be wearing a hoodie. There'd we'll be, just all be the on the ho- other side of the. there'd be all these lawsuits about me using the office to push my merch (laughs) like he is making money from the office of the presidency and I'd be like there are no conflicting interests but like I would never wear a suit and tie I'd be meeting with like Xi Jinping and I'd be wearing like my hoodies (laughs) I'd be like very clearly do, using like state media I would like to see that it would just be me and I'd you know I'd be, that would giving, be totally cool I'd be giving Ma- <laughs> I'd be given Mao or whatever fucking Putin I'd be giving him some free hoodies and I'd be like tell your friends where you got it use this promo code like share subscribe they'd be like you're the president of the United States and I'd be like contents king baby <laughs> it's just like fuck yeah dude I mean that would be the ultimate influencer fucking posting podcasts from Air Force One man how would you you know i do and then we'll wrap this up i am upset i am upset that trump didn't do anything with area 51 if there was any president that was ever gonna just be like little little gray aliens gross disgusting tiny penises it would have been him and he didn't and i won't lie i'm i'm a little upset I thought on his way out he would have declassified some 1947 shit, and he didn't. And uh, I feel a little betrayed. Don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, I don't think there's much. Your, to Your heroes will betray you. Yeah, yeah ne- never meet them. It's. I'll get to the presidency, and my first thing will be: we're going out to Area 51.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'll it'll, it'll be... be like
1: Independence Day. Well, it's. Not entirely true.
0: That's not entirely true. Two words, Mr. President. Plausible deniability. Yeah, it's... Uh, but you know what I would do is I would act like the same fucking dramatic bitch I am on this podcast when my stuff gets censored. I'd be like, why can't we go out there? Huh? Why can't we go out there? As they're like leading me back in Air Force One, I'd be like, I just wanted to see what was at Groom Lake. I just want to see what was, If you got nothing to hide, why can't we go out there? I think it's a simple question. I think it's a simple question. <laughs> People be like, Jesus Christ. I, I long for the Yes day. Mr.
1: yes, Mr. President. Here, here here here's something that'll make you feel better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen
1: hours later you wake up in the White
0: House. Oh, don't worry about it. Yes. i like, they're it's, keeping us from here. Everything is cool. The war we averted the war, you know, it's uh I would get in there and I'd be trying to like Morse code with my eyes. Remember that remember that prisoner <laughs> of war in Korea or in Vietnam that yeah, I'd be, torture. I would just be saying aliens. <laughs> I'd be, aliens but you know i'd be doing it wrong so i'd end up saying like some racial slur they'd <laughs> be like i'd be like all mexicans are rapists they'd be like what the fuck that's probably the real fear is i would get in there and i'd realize that like the seat of the presidency was not the helm of power yeah
1: F- funny thing about Moore's code they uh Recently instituted uh, a bunch of security shit on all the computers at work, and one of the things is that they uh, they all have to have passwords now. And yeah. I'm totally not down with that. Uh, I'm mean, like, especially if they need to be changed periodically. It's like I got enough shit in my life. So uh, there is a teeny little microprocessor board called a Digispark. It's about that big. And half of it is the plug that plugs into USB socket. And it is just smart enough to pretend to be a keyboard for a USB socket to a computer. And uh, so when they did this password thing, I got a handful of these things and figured out how to use them. And I, uh, but one, the only modification I made to the board was I added one push button switch and i programmed it to output a password over the keyboard as if i'd been typed from the keyboard but because i want to be able to do more than one i didn't want to be just push the button stupidly obvious uh there is a morse code character that you have to tap out so you have to tap out r to dot it and it logs into my computer if you just do a T, da, uh, then it emits the password for our Wi-Fi system, which is itself a pain in the ass. It's 47 characters long. And, yeah, you know, so this little thing is, but, uh, you know, it was just, you know, you mentioned Morse code and I was just like, oh yeah, that was uh, how I, how I uh, did this little ding ass thing just to basically shit on the guys that, you know, impose the stupid shit on us. And uh, I also have an alternate password, which if you do Morse code W da-da-da instead of da-da-dit, uh, it's, it's not a password that's used for anything, but the day that my computer insists that I create a new password, da-da-da, confirm, da-da-da, boom, I'm in. Then I go into the Arduino Thing and I make that the R password And come up with a new alternate password And reflash the DigiSpark <laughs> That's the kind of thing nerds like
0: me do I, was, I came up with a great name for my Wi-Fi I feel like this podcast is small enough That it's okay to say my Would it be dumb to say what my Wi-Fi is If someone just really wanted to find me And fuck with my internet connection
1: Well, I'm assuming you have the usual password and, you know... It's it's got a password. WPA2 shit on it, so... I mean... I mean, if it's open, it doesn't matter,
0: so... Yeah. Well, now I feel like I'm giving away the nuclear codes. You know what? I won't say my Wi-Fi, and I can use this on my campaign speech. And I'll be like, look, yeah. I, am, I am steady-handed. I will not give away the nuclear codes, just like, look at this, episode 446. Fair. Didn't give yeah. away my Wi-Fi. Look, I am the person you want to... Mr. Kerrigan, there's a clip of you saying, yes, sir, uh, massasa, uh, as well as saying you want to nuke the <laughs> world for world peace. Those are deep fakes. <laughs> Next question. Yes. That's the future of um, fake um, news. Actually, fantasy.
1: I have a story I wanted to tell you, too, but I won't do it while you're recording.
0: Well that's Alright now guess I'll stop recording Till next <clears> time <throat> everybody Hold on